Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. They're certainly scratching their head. They're fighting and dying for their freedom and their democracy. Uh, But let's be clear here. When we say this is aid, this is not charity. We're not giving this Uh, as a charitable contribution to Ukraine. We're doing this because this is in America's national security interest. You know, to have a stable and prosperous Europe. Europe is our single largest economic trading partner. Uh, We have 100,000 troops in Europe. Europe is our largest security partner. And for less than 5% of our annual defense budget, we are securing Europe. We are protecting our troops. Ukraine is doing the fighting. They have destroyed over half of Russia's military. And oh, by the way, over half of this money actually goes directly to American workers and American businesses uh, who are building the weapons and equipment that we're sending to Ukraine. So this is actually a really good deal. Uh, And, you know, the rest of the world and certainly a lot of Americans know this is a good deal. That's why we have to get it over the finish line. This is a very odd conversation from Congressman Jason Crow, a Democrat of Colorado, because he is making an argument about why it is in America's best interest to support Ukraine in their fight against Russia. And I've made this argument. Of course it's in America's best interest. Of course Russia should be held at bay. Of course you don't want Russia on NATO's doorstep in Poland. You don't want these things. Let me say for the record, if you don't think that Russia is an expansionist power with expansionist ideals, I don't think you understand Vladimir Putin and how much this former KGB agent, never former I should say, takes it personally that the Soviet Union fell. I'm sorry, I think Tucker's completely wrong. If he thinks that Russia is not an expansionist power, that's that's just not in any way, as far as I'm concerned, that doesn't comport with the reality. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. I'm glad he did the interview. Now we can discuss the policy. We can have agreements and disagreements about the policy. The issue with with Congressman Crow here is that he called it a good deal for America. That's awkward. Maybe maybe, maybe you missed this part of it again. Let me let me play. Money it actually goes directly to American workers and American businesses uh, who are building the weapons and equipment that we're sending to Ukraine. So this is actually a really good deal, uh, and you know the rest of the world. And that is a really ugly thing to say. This is a conversation about honesty, making sure that we have clarity, not necessarily one of agreement. We can disagree about something, but we at least have to be discussing what it is that we're talking about. Supporting Ukraine against Russia is not about thinking Ukraine is great. I don't think Vladimir Zelensky is great. I don't think the nation of Ukraine is great. I haven't thought about Ukraine until the last, you know, basically eight years. Ukraine has never come up in my head i didn't realize how many people who were members of congress themselves or had family members making money off of these countries like ukraine holy cow i missed out on a lot of loot that's honesty trump making a phone call not an impeachable offense joe biden absolutely positively without question trying to influence things for his kid and four dollars I think that happened, and I think this proves it. Um, I remember going over convincing our team, our others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. 
and I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to the press conference. Said, "No, nah, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. Sure. Sure. I think that that audio needs to get played all the time, maybe daily, as a reminder of what actually took place in Ukraine and who actually was involved in some very, very dirty activities. I have no illusions about Ukraine at all. I simply believe that it is better off that Russia is not allowed to advance because I have no belief that Russia plans on stopping. That's not who Putin is. He is a murderer, he is a thug, and he is a liar. These are the realities. You don't like the term thug? Pick another term. Go right ahead. Still factual. But it's good for us because we get to sell them the weapons? That's what Congressman Crow just said there. Oh, by the way, over half of this money actually goes directly to American workers and American businesses uh, who are building the weapons and equipment that we're sending to Ukraine. So this is actually a really good deal. It's a good deal that we send these weapons because our people are getting paid. The spending is not a good deal. We don't know necessarily where the money has gone. No one can keep track of anything. To say that it's a good deal is just, is to, is to miss the forest for the trees. As, as we often discuss, the left always overplays their hand. And they did it again on MSNBC. Morning Joe, which used to be the intellectual show. By the way, I had people last week uh, commenting about Noah Rothman um, uh, being uh, very, very uh, respectful because I was not of Morning Joe because Noah used to be on, on that show before they went nuts. Noah used to be on, on, on that show as a, as a contributor. And now they have Molly Jong Fast to, uh, that's her name, Molly Jong Fast, J-O-N-G-F-A-S-T. That's her last name. And, uh, oh, a progressive's progressive. And if, if you don't want Noah and you want her, well, you're, you're telling us something. And so he was at least, you know, um, uh, respectful of, of, of Joe and Mika. And some people are like, is he crazy? Dude, he's a decent cat. He's just a decent person. Leave him be. Uh, but this was uh, Morning Joe, Molly Jong Fast, talking about Robert Hur, the special counsel who looked into Joe Biden and the classified documents where he was holding the classified documents, willfully had the classified documents, and said, I'm not going to charge him because he's an, an elderly man with a poor memory. He couldn't remember this. He doesn't remember when he was vice president. He, he, uh, he, he could not remember within years when his, his son, Bo, died. Oh, and Jill Biden's all upset about it. But I'm not, I, I already discussed that. I'm not going to listen to her uh, even pretend to hold some level of righteousness on this subject. I want you to hear what Molly Junkfast had to say. Um, so I think that's a really interesting point that I hadn't heard. And I do agree that it is important to, like, norms are important, right? The reason we're so far along here is because norms have not been followed. 
I would say yeah. I don't think that her is a good faith actor, and I think that no. 345 pages of that show that. I mean, he's not a neurologist, right? If you want to weigh in on legal <laughs> things, that's fine. But, you know, the idea, and again, to fault someone for saying they don't remember during a deposition, when we've seen people like Dr. Anthony Fauci say that hundreds of times during a deposition, that's what you're supposed to say if you don't remember because you don't want to be wrong. Let's be clear about something here. This is not an argument. This is a defense for your political ambitions. You do not have to be a neurologist to notice that grandpa isn't okay. Noticing that grandpa is not okay is why you take him to a neurologist. What a ridiculous garbage commentary from Molly Jong Fast. This is pseudo-intellectualism, except it's worse. This is clear Pravda. This is clear narrative seeking. None of this makes sense. Shame on Robert Her, last name H-U-R, Her, the special counsel for noticing that Joe Biden was slow and didn't remember things. You don't have to be a neurologist to notice that stuff. People notice those things. They notice when grandpa has slipped, when he's missing a step. They notice when grandma can't figure out how to make the recipe for the cookies she's always made for five decades. They notice and they say, hey, maybe we should get this checked out. How dare you notice? Didn't they do this to uh, a, a another reporter? Um, was, it, was it, I want to say it was Sasha Burns? Wasn't she the one, Dasha, Dasha Burns. And wasn't she the, well, she's the one who lately has been super argumentative and has got the slick back hair. It's been interesting. Um, is that is she the one who said that Biden had been slowing down and um, and had gotten a, a attacked for it? Oh, she's the one who said about uh, John Fetterman that he couldn't respond to questions, and the left went crazy. The left went on a full attack uh, uh, about her. How dare you say this? But he couldn't answer the questions. He's better now. He's much better now. But then, then he wasn't. He could not answer the questions. He had no idea where he was. I mean, this this is, uh, I actually have it. This This was that clip. We did find that in small talk before the interview, without captioning, it seemed it was difficult for Fetterman to understand our conversation. You don't need to be a neurologist to say that. You just need to be normal. You need to be able to take a look at something and say, that's off, that's not right. What the left is asking you to do in this situation is to is to not is, is to go against your ability to recognize. This is Malcolm Gladwell's Blink. So the the book uh, Blink, uh, Malcolm Gladwell, uh, he wrote the Tipping Point. So Blink is uh, I I always describe it this way. Yeah, uh, the the book is Blink: The Power of Thinking Without Thinking. So it goes to this idea that. Sometimes you know something and you don't know why. Um, 
you 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 are are related to something or or you or you connect with something or don't connect with something you don't know why and i think i think it's the beginning of the book um blink is is about you know you you see a uh, an artist or or an art critic sees a piece of artwork and it's a famous piece of artwork but there's something off about it there's something wrong with it then they don't know what it is but they know something isn't right, and then you know the art turns out to be a a a a a, a fake. How how does the brain uh, recognize something, or how do you notice something is an issue, and then what do you do about it? May I hope that's a good way of describing what it is that that that's going on there. Some of the some of the theory there. But the 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 point I make from this is, you know when something isn't right. You have instincts, you have a gut, you have a, you have a mind. You're, you're able to say to yourself, wait a second, something is very, very off here. There's a problem here. There's an issue. Do you really think you have to spend much time listening to Joe Biden to realize, ooh, that guy is old. Ooh, that guy is frail. Ooh, that guy doesn't speak well. Ooh, that guy doesn't make any sense. Ooh, that guy jumbles his words. Ooh, that guy is talking to dead people. I am not a neurologist, but I know that Joe Biden has claimed to have had conversations with people who are dead, like Francois Mitterrand, the former president of France. You're asking me not to notice? You're asking me not to pay attention? You know, it's one thing if you say to me, okay, well, this is just a gaffe. When I said, when I we pushed all these programs, I said, I'm going to be a president for everybody whether you live in a red state or a green state. It's red state or blue state. And you could say, well, that's just a gaffe. It's no big deal. Except he does a lot of these. It's every day with him. Every single day. And then he follows it up by saying he talks to dead people. You know, right right, right after I was elected, I went to what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. It It was in the south of England. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean, from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, you know, why, how how long are you back for? Seems I'm the only person who focuses on the fact that it was an absolutely terrible joke. But the bigger story here is that Mitterrand died in 1996. He corrects himself between Germany and France, doesn't correct himself that he didn't speak to a dead person while he was president, because he didn't, unless he thinks he did, in which case I'm allowed to say that guy's not all right, and I don't have to be a neurologist to do it. I don't have to be a neurologist. This is the standard they throw up, but that standard is bunk. What they decide is, well, this is unacceptable or that's unacceptable. None of that is true. 
We should favor funding Ukraine because it's good for us because we get to make the guns? That's a weird thing to say. That is a weird argument, and you're allowed to notice that that argument is a bad one, and it's bad faith, and it's indecent. And the argument that Molly Jong Fast is making on on MSNBC with Morning Joe is an indecent argument. He's not a neurologist. No, he's not. He's just sharing with us what it is he observed, and it's what you've observed. Oh, he also observed that Joe Biden willfully had classified documents, willfully took them. Uh, and and for that, I, I think there's enough there to go after the man, by the way. You don't need to be a neurologist. You just have to have a mind. And if Democrats had one, they'd be working on how they get rid of him. For the good of the country, Joe Biden has to go. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin has been hospitalized at Walter Reed for a bladder issue. At about 5 p.m. yesterday, he transferred the functions and duties of his office to his deputy secretary, Kathleen Hicks. The White House, Congress, and the Joint Chiefs were notified of this issue. Well, at least they figured out how to tell everybody now. And certainly, I wish Lloyd Austin well, but it leads one to ask exactly what is wrong with him, the Secretary of Defense, and... Were we told everything when it happened? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. Would love it if you were supportive over there. Became a supporter. I'd greatly appreciate it. Lloyd Austin is not well. Uh, uh, Prostate cancer, wasn't it that it? Wasn't it prostate cancer that he was in the hospital for in December and January and nobody got told and his his number two wasn't aware that he was in the hospital and Biden wasn't informed, by the way, still gets to keep his job. And then uh, he, he comes to the podium afterwards to apologize for not letting anybody know, because after all, he's a black man and he keeps these things private. I, I don't know what to do with that, except to say that's gross. You might want to argue some level of culturalness to expressiveness. Certainly, that would be a sociological conversation, wouldn't it? I think that's the the proper terminology. You are a military man. There's a chain of command, and you were AWOL. I don't want to discuss anything else. Those are the facts as presented. Oh, well, we didn't have the system in place. What system? Your team makes a phone call. You get rushed to the hospital, the team makes a phone call. You don't have that system in place? Can I ask what systems you do have in place? Because if you don't have that one, it seems to me I would have issue with your other ones and whether or not they really work. So now they figured out how to inform everybody. But I'm asking a different question. An emergent bladder issue doesn't sound fun. It does not sound fun at all. The question is, what exactly is going on? And were we told everything about his health last month? You say to me, Tony, it's his health. You don't necessarily have a right to know. It's the Secretary of Defense. I think we do. If you tell me that when it comes to Jim Irsay, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, maybe I don't have a right to know everything. Okay. Even though he's a, a, a big public name, you might have a point there. The Secretary of Defense? I don't know if you have a point there. I think we should know. 
And now I have to question whether or not we were told everything. I hope the man's okay. But I would like to know if, if there's anything being withheld from us about the Secretary of Defense. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. The only proper way to describe it is as a three-day infomercial. That's what the NBA All-Star Game is. Three days of focusing on Indianapolis, therefore focusing on Indiana. Therefore, an opportunity to reach people who don't think about the state. Who don't consider it. Oh, I need some place to go. I guess I got to move to Texas. Why? Why? Well, it's warmer. Yeah, it's also way more humid. More humid than Indiana. You better believe it. The idea that somehow people want to say, well, it makes sense because Indiana just isn't. <laughs> oh, kitten. Don't play that game with me. Indiana should be constantly putting its best foot forward. And this is a way to do it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. The NBA All-Star Game, regardless of whether you watch the game or not, regardless of anything else, great way for Indianapolis and Indiana, all of Indiana, to benefit. Gary Dick joins me from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter at IIB, at Gary Dick, uh, G-E-R-R-Y. I say, keep saying Twitter. On X, at Gary Dick, if you want to reach him. Personally, let's talk about the money. Let's talk about the economic impact of the All-Star Game. What is it? $320 million is the, uh, is the estimated economic impact of the All-Star Game. And you mentioned the delay. Uh, folks may remember it was 2017 when uh, Indianapolis, once again, doing what it does best and creating unique uh, experiences, Larry Bird, drove an Indy car through the streets of Manhattan to deliver the bid for the NBA All-Star Game to the NBA headquarters. That was for the 2021 game. Of course, the pandemic meant that was uh, uh, delayed uh, until now. And after all these years, it's finally here. But what it means for the city is not just, hey, the bars are going to be full for a couple of nights. The restaurants are going to be f- full for uh, a couple of nights. I assume this host committee and, and, and those people who really do create the growth see this as exactly as I described it. This is an infomercial for Indiana and gets people to recognize yep. that we're here. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, I think that's a good way to describe it, Tony, an infomercial, because this uh, is uh, really putting the Indianapolis and the Indiana message out on the global stage. Uh, TNT has the broadcast rights for the game in the United States, but the, uh, the, the, the broadcast is going to more than 200 com- uh, countries, 200 countries and territories, 50 languages. They'll see Indianapolis uh, all spruced up and, and ready to go this weekend. So it's a great opportunity there. The other piece, and I mentioned Indiana, the Indiana Economic Development Corporation uh, is taking note of the fact that there are some 50 major corporations, uh, AT&T, Nike, Google, uh, who will all be here uh, in town, as well as site selection consultants, those people who go around the country for on behalf of companies and organizations looking for property, looking for places to invest. So this is an opportunity for the IEDC to get in the game and, and, and entertain and uh, expose some of these people who perhaps have never been here before uh, to what Indianapolis and Indiana are all about. Talking to Gary Dick from Inside India. InsideIndianaBusiness.com on the X at IIB. Uh, there are some other stories uh, going on, and certainly 
Uh, this this is is one of the big ones. I think that within this story about the All Star Game is that this was originally scheduled for 2021. I am actually wearing. Mm-hmm. I had gotten access to one of the zip ups they had. It was. Uh, it says All NBA All Star 2021 Indianapolis. Like I've got one of those. I'm wearing it uh, <laughs> as as we speak. I was a little chilly, people. That's right, a little chilly in the downstairs studio. And. People forget that this was when the All-Star Game was supposed to happen. But in the three years that have taken place because it got canceled because of COVID, what ends up happening is that Indianapolis gets a much better bite of of, of the apple. They have a much better showing going on. Uh, Describe the differences between 2021 and today. Well, they're stark. And and I think uh, it's appropriate to bring it up because, uh, you know, you flash back. Uh, to that period of time, it was very challenging for Indianapolis, in particular downtown Indianapolis, and communities around the, the country as well. Uh, today, a much different story. And I think part of the story, Tony, that will be told this week uh, as well, as folks go out and uh, speak with corporations and other types of po- uh, folks trying to drum up business, is the billions of dollars in projects that are now underway in downtown Indy, uh, including the $300-plus million makeover of Gainbridge Fieldhouse, which is going to be on full display. Uh, what's planned for Circle Center, the Indy 11 uh, Stadium and that development, uh, Elanco, uh, multi-billion dollars of investment happening in downtown Indy. So a lot will be going on. I'm actually on my way to Gainbridge now, going to be speaking with uh, Pacers co-owner Steve Simon, uh, uh, who uh, uh, has some definite thoughts about where the franchise is, where he wants it to go as well, uh, looking forward. That will be on the show this week. And part of that uh, picture that I know the Pacers are very uh, intentional about is engaging, helping you engage downtown Indianapolis investment projects and those types of things. It's so amazing that this delay really did benefit. Uh, Indiana as a whole, because it, you know you, you you got to finish up the construction that was going on at Gamebridge as they were remodeling the whole place, and then you got the whole uh, bicentennial Unity Plaza out there. I was I was actually walking by it the other day. It's nice. It is it is nice. Uh, it, it, there's there's no way around that, and it really does recreate a, a center of down of of downtown for those people who who live in in that area. But really, it's about what this game does to put Indiana on uh, the map. Danny Lopez is the Vice President of External Relations and Corporate Communications over at Pacer Sports and Entertainment. We were talking about the event itself. We were talking about who's coming, the artists that are coming, and exactly how nuts this thing has become. Yeah, and this is obviously a big question. I know it's on a lot of people's minds. People want to know. When they come downtown, you know, one, how are they going to stay safe? How are we keeping people safe? Uh, and then also just generally when you've got 125,000 people that are coming into an area like this, um, how do you get around? How, how is it easy? I mean, the, the beauty of a place like Indianapolis doing these events, it's one of the reasons that we're so good at these events, is that we have an actual campus. Everything's so connected to so many of the, you know, if you've got 8,500 hotel rooms or so in the area, more than half of them are connected by a pedestrian walkway that's covered, so it's easy to get around. You can get to the venues pretty easily. We've been working with the NBA. Uh, we've been working with IMPD. We can, we've been working with state police and IDHS on a security plan, again, for the last seven years we've been at this. Remember, Tony, that we started this all the way back in 2017. So we've been having these conversations on how to keep people safe 
uh, in this kind of environment for a long time. The NBA does this better than anybody. And so it's going to be, it's going to be a good environment. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and, and then do check out, you know, and, and the other place you can go is pacers.com slash all-star info. There's really uh, good interactive maps on there. So you can see what the traffic patterns are going to be like. And we've also designed two, uh, two routes, a blue route and a gold route that folks can follow to get around the downtown so they can work around their, the street closures. What I tell everybody is, look, the closer you get to the venues, obviously the more congested it's going to be and the more traffic there will be and some of the streets will be closed. For Friday and Saturday that are at Lucas Oil, most of the events are at Lucas Oil, it's, expect something like a Colts game. It'll, it'll feel like a Colts game in that area. The rest of the time, it, it won't be onerous, but, you know, there'll be some streets closed. So just make sure you get on there before you come downtown, check it out, know where you're going, and have an idea of where you want to park. Talking to Danny Lopez, Vice President of External Relations and Corporate Communications for Pacer Sports and Entertainment, the Indiana Pacers. Uh, as as this weekend comes up and you've got the events uh, going on around town, um, were, were artists picked based on... Uh, we think that this is encompassing the entirety of the of the fan base, or were artists picked on based who on whoever said yes? Oh, so I mean, the NBA that that NBA handles that, not us. First of all, so I don't I want to be careful. I don't want to speak for them, but I, I mean, I know that they do look at um, a mix. Last year was the same. All the ones that we've been to, the you know, the all stars that we've been to as we've been planning this process have been the same. They really tried to. Uh, be inclusive in the way that they choose these acts to make sure that there's somebody, something for everybody uh, when they're coming downtown, Tony. So, I mean, you're going to see a, a pretty healthy mix of, of different genres of music. And by the way, even what we control, like the DJs that we've contracted with to have downtown, even with that, we've ensured that we've got a pretty healthy mix of music genres so that when people are downtown, like they own the experience and, and that it's, you know, custom made for them. Now let's talk about the big stuff, which is tickets. Um, what's sold out, what is not, and how would people, if there is something available, get them? Yeah, so pretty much everything that we've put on sale for the major events um, have, have been sold out. Um, you know, it, these things go super quickly, obviously. Even, even stuff that isn't, aren't basketball events uh, has had sold out, like the opening tip, although – the what the one thing that there's tickets for that I would encourage people to do because it's just an awesome experience is the NBA crossover. So crossover is our, you know the NBA's version of Convention Center. Tony, this is the largest uh, NBA crossover the league has ever done. So it's a massive footprint uh, in the Convention Center, and you go in. It's there's you know we're going to have legends in there signing autographs. There's interactive exhibits. Um, there's things for kids. There's hoops that kids can shoot on. Uh, there's music in there. There's all kinds of kind of like neat art things that are going on. So it's a really cool experience. You can go on uh, NBAAllStar2024.com. There's tickets on there. They're reasonably priced for families. I think it's $35 for adults and $20 for kids. And you can come down there and, and spend a ton of time in there, which is a really uh, a really fun and popular event. Now you thing cut too out, is, you, hold on. I'm going to interrupt you because you cut out on me for just a second. Describe it again. What is the NBA crossover? So the NBA crossover is the NBA's version of FanFest, essentially. So think, think music and fashion and hoops that kids can shoot on and interactive exhibits, um, all kinds of those, those, you know, legends and alums that are coming in to sign autographs, uh, all kinds of those types of interactive exhibits. This is, like I said, this is the, the, the largest one that the NBA has ever done at an all-star like this. 
So it's a it's a really big footprint at the convention center, and it's going to be a really good time. And the tickets are there's obviously still tickets that people can purchase. They're reasonably priced um, at thirty five dollars for adults and twenty dollars for kids. So that's a good time. I mean, when I if I bring my kids downtown for the weekend, that's what I'm looking looking at first. I want to make sure I check that out uh, because that's going to be a lot of fun. So and again, there might be you might see tickets to HBCU, you might see tickets to some of the different events. Get on uh, NBAAllStar2024.com because those things are updating constantly. I don't think at this stage of the game you can find uh, tickets. Danny Lopez of Pacer Sports and Entertainment, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I I, I don't. I don't think you can find anything. But if you can, uh, God bless. If you can afford it, we should be friends. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I I had some friends reach out and like, hey, uh, you're in India. You're you're a celebrity. Can you get some all-star tickets? And I said, I don't think you understand what celebrity means because no, I'm not. And no, I can't. No, I am not. And no, no one is just getting the tickets. No one. It's just it's just not happening that way. Everybody is spending. The NBA is getting paid, kitten, and getting paid huge. Oh. Uh, the the most important thing about this this weekend is uh, a, a conversation of safety. It is. It it it's how safe will Indianapolis be? Because for all of us across the state, one big issue that does the damage, and that's of course the other side of this coin. It's it's one of the reasons why people are like Olympics. Why in the world would we want to host the Olympics? It went from something of, of massive prestige to massive headache. It's not worth it. And if you have violence issues, you might find that it's it's not worth it. So that's that's the other side of it. This is the thing I got to assume that both the NBA and the Pacers organization are hoping beyond hope doesn't happen. No big issues like that in the state of Indiana. You got to hope for that. And I think it creates another thing, which is a big weird, oh, sure, Indianapolis once again. You live in Muncie, you live in Bloomington. I get that math. Indianapolis once again. It's it's why I are, I, I shouldn't say it's why I argue. I want to say that I argue two things uh, in, in, in the same measure at the same time. First, uh, the idea that so goes Indianapolis, so goes the state. It's true because it is the capital, because it does get so much attention. You want it to be successful. You want it to do well. You want it to grow. You want it to build. You want these events to work because it does have a residual, it does have a ripple effect all, all across the state. And it is why I always discuss that we need other cities doing well and thriving because Indianapolis needs competition because if it doesn't have competition, it rests on its laurels. And have you met the elected officials out in Indy? Good Lord. These people are these people are sad. They they get the All-Star game not because they did anything, but because the people who built this city did something. They need the competition. They need to be pressured. They need to be challenged for business, for, for entertainment, for everything. It is it is clear that they, they need a challenge. So I, I want to bring more business to more places. I want to bring more opportunities to more places in Indiana. Force Indianapolis to be better. It forces the rest of the state to be better. And I think that circle's good for everybody. One man's opinion, one man's theory. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz today.
So the Chiefs beat the 49ers 25-22 to in overtime, and okay, I moved on. When does baseball begin? You know how many times I've said in my life, when does baseball begin? Never. I have never said, when does baseball begin? I just don't want to hear any more about it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Mahomes is unstoppable. It's three Super Bowls in five years. He's been in the league for six years. That's the ball game. We're done. There's nothing else to talk about. He is who he is. That's all there is to it. Nothing more, nothing less. So bring on baseball. I don't want to talk football anymore. The Lions couldn't beat the 49ers? Nonsense. The 49ers couldn't beat the Chiefs? Nonsense. The Ravens couldn't beat the Chiefs? Nonsense. The Bills couldn't beat the Chiefs? Nonsense. It's all nonsense. What am I supposed to say? I don't know. Maybe I just have an anti-dynasty thing. It's just, it, I, I find it boring. Maybe I'm not alone in that. It has, it has zero to do with the Taylor Swift stuff. Zero, zero, zero to do with the Taylor Swift stuff. That part doesn't move me at all. All the people who were saying it's a psyop, these people are, are ridiculous. The people who think that Taylor Swift is a psyop are only uh, bested by the people who think that Israel trying to eradicate Hamas is a war crime. Oh, they don't stop with that nonsense. Hamas, when Hamas is destroyed, everything will be better. How come there's not pressure for Hamas to surrender, Hamas to give up? When does it start? Oh, no, no. Israel is guilty of war crimes. I was talking about this today. War crime. They get attacked. They, they, they go after the attacker. All of a sudden, they're bad people. They're just indiscriminately killing. It's, it's so gross. These Hamas lovers are freaks. The PSYOP people are underneath that. Find everything at TonyCats.com tomorrow, everyone. Take care.